0: Hello all, and welcome to this episode of No Home for Heroes. No Home for Heroes explores history's military mysteries regarding Americans who are missing in action from our past wars. These long-forgotten MIAs are remembered here. Today's episode is titled, Finding a Lost Sailor Who Gave His Life Jacket to Save a Friend. Today's episode of No Home for Heroes is taken from case number 495 in the files of the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation. Seaman First Class George Stanley Abbott was a crew member of the ill-fated Navy cruiser USS Indianapolis when it was sunk by a Japanese submarine in the Philippine Sea during the closing months of World War II. George Stanley Abbott was presumed lost at sea and is officially listed as unaccounted for until this very day. But he was not lost at sea. He was found. And a quest for closure for his family has turned into a chronicle of heroic actions in his final minutes on board the Indy. I'm your host, Rick Stone, bringing you another great and true story from our vault, of history's military mysteries. No Home for Heroes is a trademark production sponsored by the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation. For more information on the foundation, visit our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. We invite you to listen to all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast or streaming platform you prefer. We dedicate this episode to our loyal listeners in Bedford, Kentucky. Population, well, population in 2010 of 599. Here's an episode today about one of your local hometown heroes. If you haven't named one of the few streets in Bedford after him, you should, and maybe you will, after hearing today's story. The Bible says, Greater love hath no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. When the USS Indianapolis was struck by two Japanese torpedoes shortly after midnight on 30 July 1945, she sank in only 12 minutes. And when she sank, the Indy dumped most of her crew of over a thousand sailors into the warm Pacific Ocean. Some were wearing kapok life jackets some were not although there were a few rafts and floater nets which had been cut loose before the ship went down the life jacket proved to be the key to surviving what would become a four day and five night ordeal in the water before rescue finally arrived in the final count there would only be 316 survivors who endured long hours in the cruel ocean without food or water, and fought against swarms of hungry sharks. What happened to the other 879 lost sailors and how they died became one of history's greatest series of military mysteries. Today's episode is the tale of solving just one of those mysteries, but it is also a story of unbelievable heroism and unbelievable sacrifice. As we spin today's tale for you, ask yourself if you would make the same decisions that we think immortalizes Seaman First Class George Stanley Abbott. George Stanley Abbott was born in Trimble County, Kentucky, to George Wilbur Abbott and Veda Blanche Abbott. He was known as Stan to his family, but later became known as George to his shipmates on the Indianapolis. Stan's father worked as a retail grocer and later served as the postmaster for Bedford, Kentucky. At the time of the 1940 census, Stan was living with his parents, one sister, and three brothers in Bedford, Kentucky while he was attending high school. Stan registered for the draft with Local Board 155 in Bedford, Kentucky on 21 December 1942. He noted that he was 5 foot 5 inches tall, and weighed a whopping 136 pounds. He had blonde hair, blue eyes, and a light complexion. At the time he registered, he was employed by the American Suppliers Company in Carrollton, Kentucky, and he was unmarried. Stan was inducted in the U.S. Navy Reserves in Louisville, Kentucky, on 24 May 1943 and given the rank of apprentice seaman. Upon completion of Navy basic training, Apprentice Seaman Abbott was promoted to Seaman Second Class and assigned to the USS Indianapolis on 1 September 1943. After crossing the Pacific Ocean to Pearl Harbor aboard the Indy, Seaman Second Class Abbott was assigned to the Anti-Aircraft Training Center on Oahu, Hawaii. He completed his training and reported back aboard the Indianapolis on 2 October 1943. Seaman 2nd Class Abbott was promoted to Seaman 1st Class on 1 May 1944. Based on his training in the Anti-Aircraft Training Center in Hawaii, it's likely that Seaman 1st Class Abbott was assigned to the 5th Division on board the Indianapolis, which was responsible for operating the 40mm anti-aircraft guns on the ship. While aboard the Indy, Seaman 1st Class Abbott participated in the battles at the Gilbert Islands, Tarawa, Marshall Islands, Inuitok, Kwajalein, Mariana, Saipan, Guam, and Tinian. In January and February 1945, the Indy supported U.S. aircraft carriers in the bombing of Tokyo. The Indianapolis was also in the battle at Okinawa, when the Navy suffered the heaviest losses of the war. The Indy sustained a hit by a Japanese aircraft bomb during that battle, and the Indy was badly damaged in this attack, when nine lives were lost and several others were injured. The Indianapolis returned to the Mare Island Navy Yard for repairs and prepared for a top secret mission to deliver atomic bomb parts to Tinian Island. <laughs> On 6 July 1945, Seaman First Class Abbott sent this telegram to his father back in Bedford, Kentucky, requesting that $30 be sent to him and he included this information in his telegram. Quote, Leaving soon, Dad. Have a few more liberties. Want to make the best of them. End quote. A few weeks later, while at sea, Seaman First Class Felton J. Outland picked up the story of his buddy, George Abbott. Quote, On July 30, 1945, George Abbott from Kentucky and I went on our midnight watch. I had put on headphones and we were just beginning our duty when we heard an explosion. The ship shook terribly. We were on 40 millimeter guns by the aft stack. After the explosion, I could not make any contact on the phone. We tried for a minute or so and I told George to go look for life jackets. Remember, it was very, very dark. George came back with one life jacket, one life jacket, saying it did not look good. I still had no word on the phone. At that point, the ship was listening to starboard. George gave me the one life jacket and said he was going to look for another one. And I never saw George again. End quote. Seaman First Class Abbott's parents received a telegram from the Navy on 20 September 1945 that their son was reported killed in action on 30 July 1945. The telegram arrived a little more than a week after what would have been George Stanley Abbott's 21st birthday. In a letter to Seaman First Class Abbott's parents, the ill-fated Indianapolis Captain Charles Butler McVeigh III wrote, quote, Nothing that I can say will lighten the burden which is yours at this time, but I do want you to know that your son had done his part in the teamwork which made the Indianapolis an efficient fighting unit of the fleet, end quote. Well, with all apologies to Captain McVeigh, The Trimble Democrat newspaper broke the news of Seaman First Class Abbott's loss of life on October eleventh, 1945, ending their story with the following, which is perhaps a little more eloquent. Quote, A handsome lad of quiet and pleasant disposition, Stan was popular with young and old alike, and the loss of him and so many other young heroes brings close to home the forceful fact that the survival of our democracy has been purchased at great cost." End quote. And there the case of Seaman First Class George Stanley Abbott lay until I began looking into the Indianapolis strategy as the Chief Naval Historian at the Navy's History and Heritage Command on the Washington Navy Yard in Washington, D.C. The focus of my research, which extended even past my retirement from the Navy, centered on the, quote, unaccounted for casualties, end quote, from the USS Indianapolis as possible matches to deceased casualties that were previously recovered by United States Naval Forces, identified and buried at sea immediately in the aftermath of the sinking of the USS Indianapolis on 30 July, 1945. First, I found this quote from Gunner's Mate 3rd Class, Robert Schaefer, who wrote Seaman 1st Class Abbott's parents in 1946, stating, I am grieving to tell you that I know George is dead. I saw him and Stuart Whalen both die on the third day after we were shipwrecked. We were all just floating around in the oil slick and scum. Gunner's Mate 3rd Class Schaefer later went on to write that Abbott and Whalen had, quote, died from exhaustion and exposure. I saw George die. He just gave out. He couldn't make it any longer. I think he was not suffering. He just went to sleep and never woke up. End quote. But, And there's always a but in history's military mysteries. If you think our story ends there, you'd be wrong. Continued research by investigators from the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation in 19, question in 2021, discovered the following facts. 1. The USS Helm recovered bodies of 28 casualties from the USS Indianapolis on 5 August 1945 including what they later noted as body number 24. Body number 24 had multiple items of clothing marked GSA-5. Two, the commanding officer of the USS Helm reported that all recovered bodies, including body number 24, were buried at sea on the same day, 5 August 1945, and he even cited the latitude and the longitude of the burial ceremonies. Both the Helms' commanding officer, Lieutenant Commander Hollingsworth, and the Helms' medical officer, Lieutenant Junior Gray John Newman, signed the certificate of death, certifying that body number 24 was buried at sea on 5 August 1945. 3. Seaman First Class George Stanley Abbott was the only crew member of the USS Indianapolis on the day it was sunk who was identified by the initials G.S.A. This fact historically eliminated any other Indianapolis casualty other than Seaman First Class Abbott as a possible match to body number 24. And four, no other members of the 5th Division on board the USS Indianapolis have been identified who have initials that are even remotely similar to G.S.A. 5. Seaman First Class George Stanley Abbott was officially listed as missing in action, and he continues to be listed as, quote, unaccounted for, end quote, to this very day by the Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency. And finally, 6. The Individual Deceased Personnel File, or the IDPF, for Seaman First Class George Stanley Abbott contains no indication That the USS Helms identification clues of a recovered body bearing the initials GSA and the ship's division number number five was ever considered by any government agency any government agency in determining Seaman First Class Abbott's official status. The preponderance of the evidence detailed in our investigation indicated beyond a reasonable doubt that body number 24 from the USS Indianapolis, recovered by the USS Helm on 5 August 1945, was in fact the body of Seaman First Class George Stanley Abbott. For reasons that can only be speculated about, the documents submitted by the commanding officer of the USS Helm and the medical officer of the USS Helm regarding identification markings found on the clothing of the body designated as body number 24 were never investigated as a possible association with Seaman First Class George Stanley Abbott. On May 1st, 2021, the Foundation submitted a formal investigative report to Admiral Samuel Cox, Director of the Navy's History and Heritage Command, respectfully recommending that the investigative report that we had submitted be forwarded to the Secretary of the Navy with a request that the appropriate administrative procedures be implemented to remove Seaman First Class George Stanley Abbott from the unaccounted-for list maintained by the Department of Defense. He had clearly been accounted for, and somehow the official records never got to the right spot. It was further recommended that the status of Seaman First Class George Stanley Abbott be officially changed to accounted for due to his established burial at sea on 5 August 1945, and that his official military personnel file be updated to reflect this change in status. Our quest for closure comes a little late for most of the family of Seaman First Class George Stanley Abbott of Bedford. Kentucky. But at least Stan's story is finally being told and closure is on its way. God bless you, Stan. You are a true hero. Thank you for listening to this episode of No Home for Hero. We hope you've enjoyed today's production and we invite you to check out our other episodes on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you like to listen to. No Home for Heroes is featured on just about any podcast site all across the world. We greatly appreciate your comments and a special link is available for you to contact us on our website at www.cheaprickstone.com We again thank you for your support of our mission to provide information to the families of missing American servicemen and missing American service women. Every assistance counts. And you do make a difference. Until next time, be careful, be safe, and wishing you fair winds and following seas. I'm your host, Rick Stone, reminding you that poor is the nation that has no heroes, but shameful is the nation that having heroes forgets them.